0: To the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase.
1: My name is Eddie Hernandez, and I just wrote a wonderful book called of and I'm the executive chef and partner for Taqueria Territory.
0: You call yourself a southern boy who never worries about food, correct? What exactly does that mean?
1: I don't know where the Southern boy got started. It was something that I said to a customer and I got stuck with the name. (laughs) 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 But uh, what I mean when I say I'm not food correct is because I think people emphasize so many rules on cooking and doesn't allow the home cook to really become what they, they can be because you have to cook a certain way or another way or you have to do things this way or that way. Well, I grew up in a house where there was no rules on cooking. It's see who cook, cook whatever he wanted to cook. And the other ones, they were welcome to eat and if they didn't want to eat, but well, then they're going to have to cook their own food. So, what I meant by that is that you should cook any way you like. You know, I want to empower the home cook. You know, don't you think? Cook whatever you got. You don't have to be It doesn't really need to make sense. It needs to taste good. And that's the bottom line.
0: That's how it used to be, though, I thought, growing up. And then somewhere in the past, I'd say like 30 years, that changed. And so everything had to be completely correct and perfect.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, I've been cooking for 30 years, you know, it's many examples of how people were so dramatically about doing things one way. You know, I said before, listen, I, eggs are not just for breakfast. A steak is not just for dinner. The steak is for whenever I want to eat a steak. And eggs are for whenever I want to eat eggs. And there was a very well-known chef here in town. And he came to my restaurant. And I knew him really well. And I had a steak with a wok on the menu. And he went ballistic on me. That was a scene, a no-no. You know, white sauces were just only for fish. And I say, well, you bring me a book that says that I'm not supposed to do that, uh, an etiquette book on cooking. And then I might think about it, but no, this is the way I cook. He ordered the steak with the white sauce. And after he got through eating, he came to me and he goes, you know what? I really admire that, that you really don't care so much about what people think, and you just cook good food good food, the state was unbelievable.
0: That's great.
1: And then he came to work for me. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, people live in this world where they have to go by the rules all the time. Cooking should be a thing to enjoy. It needs to be good because you think it's good.
0: So nearly 30 years ago, there was a guy named Mike Clank who hired you for your first waiter job at a Tex-Mex restaurant. Little did he know you were the best thing to happen to that restaurant. Describe how and where it all started with a bag full of turnip greens. Well,
1: you know, in in 1987, I came to Georgia to visit a friend. You know, I was living, I was already living in Waco, Texas at the time. And uh, I just wanted to spend some time away from everything, from the music, my friends, you know, just get away. So I came over here to take some time off away from everybody. And uh, there was a restaurant that was about to open, and my friend said, "You know, why don't you get a job? You know I know you can cook, you know, uh, and stay here." And I said, "Man, I don't think I really want to you know get a job in the, in the kitchen." So he made me a case of beer that I was just afraid to ask for a job because I wasn't going to get hired. And I said, oh, no, I will definitely get hired, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I took him up from the bed. And uh, we pulled up, and we, won in, we went inside. And, of course, my hair was all the way to my shoulders. I had the earrings, the bracelet, you know, typical wanna wannabe individual. And Mike was there, and I went to talk to him, and I said, you know, are you hiring and, he goes, well, what are you looking for? And I said, Well, I'd like to be a waiter. And he goes, Okay, when can you start? You know. I said, anytime. He says, tomorrow. So, so it is. Next day I show up and I became a waiter. And three days later, I I don't know why, I went and told him, I said, you know, all these people are not coming back. And he says, Why? This is I said, the food is bad. And the services work, and I'm one of the waiters. And he looked at me like, you know, but in the three days, he he in the kitchen staff told me that I would go to the kitchen and make my own food because they were so slow. I made my own dishes. And I would cook something for me to eat. So they already had a sense that I knew what I was doing. <laughs> so my said, can you cook? And I said, I can do better than what you're doing right now. And he okay. Tell me what do we need to do so we work up a deal. One of the things is that I really like Mike as a person. I thought that he was a straight shooter and that he was you know, he was gonna treat me with respect. Somebody that I wanted to work with. And uh, he went to the kitchen, I fired the chef, I took over the kitchen, and I said I'll I'll get it, this thing is straight in three days. And he's okay. And I'm glad I said three days. Because if I were to say four I've been looking at 10 more years. (laughs) (laughs) It's three days become 30 years so far. (laughs) I'm still in the kitchen. (laughs) I didn't want to do it at the beginning, but now I love it.
0: Wow. It's crazy how moments like that change your whole life.
1: I'm telling you. I mean, sometimes it's unreal. I just can't believe, you know. That him and I, we've been working for so long.
0: As an example of your creativity, tell us the story about the bag of turnip greens.
1: There was a man named Bobby Avery and his wife, Juanita. And, you know, in, in the very early, late, or late, late, uh, age, like 88, 89. He was a regular of the already by then. And uh, he showed up with a bag of turnip greens one day on a plastic bag. And he came to me and he said, Eddie, if anybody can make these things famous, it'll be you. And I said, Thank you. And I took him to the kitchen and they went in bed because I really didn't know what to do with them. And the next Friday, Bobby showed up again with another bag. And I felt bad. So I went to Mike and I said, Mike, what are, what is this? And he said, Ethanol. And I said, What do you do with it? He goes, Well, you cook it and we eat it. And I said, Well, how do they cook it? And he says, Oh my God, you know, get in the car. So we went out to eat lunch, at a couple of restaurants over the next week or so. So I see what people did with them and it made no sense. They were bitter. So I went back to the restaurant and I changed everything. I did it differently than the Southern people were doing it at the time. And I got a lot of grief because I didn't cook them the way everybody else did. Uh, And I said, well, I don't care. I mean, you know, if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. You know, but this is how I I, I do it. And I refused to make cornbread. I said, no, because we're eating with tortillas in Mexico. And that's a true story. I mean, this is, we are talking 1989. And in my dreams that I ever thought that turnip greens and tortillas would be the title of a book. And I was not the one that named the book. And I never thought that. Those two little words be- become a title of a book. I just said, you know, in Mexico with the tournament with tortillas, corkelites. and I said, so I'm not going to keep it cornbread. And people used to snake cornbread into the restaurant because I was like, <laughs> 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 it was fortified because I catch it. And I go, what are you doing? And he goes, like, what, you want my cornbread? And I said, it's a Mexican restaurant for God's sake. You eat with tortillas, you know, and, Eventually, I came in and I started making cornbread. Now I make it all the time. As I grew, as a cook, and I learned more about the ingredients available in the South and all this and that. Now I make blue corn, cornbread. I do popcorn, cornbread. I do all kinds of cornbreads now. And I really like it. You know, I learned to assimilate the culture that, that I was in, which was the South. And I love to love it. You know, I love the fact that people still say good morning and hi and God bless you and have a good day. You know, I grew up in their culture in Mexico where people always say good morning. Even if they didn't like you, they will still say good morning to you because they, that's the way we grew up. And, uh, and here we are 30 years later. The recipe has never left the restaurant. It's been on menu ever since.
0: What's your favorite type of avocado and what do you look for when you're buying avocados?
1: Well, we always try to use heads. You know, we always have... Uh, because I love Mexican avocados, but they're a little bit more buttery. The husk, a, the pulp is a little bit thicker. It's less sweet and less uh, oily. So it doesn't look... So it looks different. And the and the flavor is it's a mild, not a sweet flavor. It has more of an avocado flavor to it. But if I had to use a different avocado, I will go to the Mexican avocados. You want to form avocado, you know, you don't want to munch it. Uh If you look at the picture on the book, uh, you'll see that you can see chunks of avocado. But that's how we like our guacamole to be. I want to be able to taste the avocado when I take a bite into it. I want to run into a piece of onion or a jalapeno, you know, and, and that gives me another birth of flavor in it. Uh, the jalapenos are roasted, not, not roasted, but warm. Uh, you put them in a pan with a little oil, and you kind of cook them a little bit. It takes the green flavor of the jalapeno away, but it retains the heat and the, the, the taste. But it doesn't taste green, so it doesn't conflict with the flavor of the avocado. And, and we use lemon rather than lime because it doesn't cook the pulp of the avocado. It maintains the flavor of the avocado. There's a reason... For everything when I cook. I, I try to think about what do will do to each other throughout the cooking or throughout this and that. So That's why it's different.
0: Food is history. Food has a story. What does this cookbook represent to you?
1: I wanted a cookbook that people can actually cook at home. Mm-hmm. I like to read a cookbook that has a story. You know, each dish On any cookbook, you have a story on why the dish came alive. We tried to to do that in torna greens and tortillas.
0: Over the weekend, I made your recipe for pico de gallo on page 202, your salsa Frida on Mm -hmm. page 204. I could literally eat salsa every day. One thing that struck me was how different these two salsas tasted, but they had almost the same basic ingredients. The only difference was that the diced tomatoes were cooked in oil for the salsa Frida. Can you yes. talk a little bit about that?
1: If you go through the book and you see, you know, we got a good selection of salsa, they're basically the same ingredients all the time. Is the, the the thing that you manipulate the ingredients that makes the salsa different? Even if all the other ingredients are the same ingredients, the fact that the jalapeno is cooked differently will affect the flavor of the salsa. But then you take the tomato. So you keep everything else the same, but now you're going to fry the tomato, or you're going to boil it, or you're going to steam it, or you're going to burn it, and that changes the flavor of the salsa. So with five ingredients, you can actually create 25 different salsas that will not look or taste the same based on what you do to the ingredients. And and in the book, you know, I hope the people will get that idea that, okay, everybody can make a green salsa. But why is this salsa different than the other ones? Well it's because what we do to the ingredients, you know, for the salsa frita, it's one of the simplest salsa you will ever find. But you cannot argue that it's a really good salsa. Tomatoes, jalapenos and, and salt, you know, and a little oil and and you get this wonderful salsa because so well on top of fried egg or mixed with potatoes and sausage or, you know, put it on top of a cheese enchilada. You can do amazing things with everything in the book. And that's what I want people to to be able to go, OK, this is a wonderful salsa. I'm making me burritos tomorrow with it. Or I'm going to make me chicken enchilada. Or I'm going to make me a fried egg. Or I'm going to do a hedge. And that's the beauty of cooking. When you learn. To use what you have, on waste that are different than the one before, and then you start growing. It's a cook, and eventually you become really good at it.
0: So I also made your recipe for poblano corn chowder with shrimp on page one twenty one. Holy cow! That was, was amazing. Big. It was my whole Sunday, and it, I had such a blast making all these recipes. And they were all incredible. But describe this chowder—how it's basically a modified lobster corn chowder.
1: That was—I did a trade off with a, with a classical friend, French uh, train chef. I went over there, and he was going to tell me how to do, you know, like reduction sauces and demi glazes and and really neat stock. And in return, I was going to teach him how to implement peppers into his cooking. So he can modernize his French cooking ways. And I saw a lobster chowder in there. And I really liked it. And you know, you know, lucky for me, or, or I don't know why I go, oh, this will be really good, like in this texture. That was the first thing I said, in this texture. So I added the poblanos, I added the onions, I added the, the different types of corn to it, then use all heavy cream instead, and end up using half and half and modernizing on a way that he actually have never seen. And I added shrimp to make it affordable, rather than the lobster. Cause not not all of us can afford lobster every day, but you can always get some shrimp. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that way you, you can you you can do this soup any one in one cup and a leg, and uh. You know, I just took the, the chowder idea and make another idea out of what I thought that I can do by using what I have, which is, you know, a variety of peppers and vegetables to recreate the chowder or the way that I envision it.
0: This is one of those cookbooks that you can leave out on the kitchen counter and make something different every night of the week. That's why yes. I love it.
1: That's probably the biggest compliment I got so far. Because I always said, I, I said this to Susan Puckett I said, Susan, I want a cookbook for the kitchen. I don't want a cookbook for the coffee table.
0: So before we wrap up, can you talk just a little bit about Susan Puckett and what she had to do with this cookbook and how you know her?
1: First of all, she should be lucky that I didn't kill her. (laughs) When we got started, (laughs) we clash big time. You know, she's, she's a food editor. She knows all about correct food and politically correct recipe. And I'm not. And, you know, she was going, well, you know, you have to do it this way. And I go, no, I don't have to do it that way. And so we had a hard time from the get-go until I said, let's do something. I want you to start making the recipe. I want you to test it. And she's quiet. And I said, that way you can get in my head and you can really see how I think because the way you you think the way you cook is not the way I see it let's get started with a little something simple and then we'll progress from there on and so I got her to start cooking the recipes and when she did one not the way I said so I cut her and I, I got so mad at her. and I said you can not you cannot change food without even knowing what it's supposed to taste like Make it the way you like then you can change it. You have the power to do it the way you like it later, but you have to trust me. I said, because I trust you. I know you're going to write a good book, but you have to let me write the, the, the recipes. So she started cooking, and eventually she became my fan. And, you know, but but halfway through the process, you know, she was already going like, oh, we need to put that recipe on the menu. Oh, we need to put that other recipe on the menu. Ooh. and then finally one day I said, Susan, we are not writing the Bible. <laughs> Come on, you gotta stop it. You know, this is this is what we want to put in the book. This is what you know what everybody thinks that we should do, and I agree with some of them. And uh, and then we started working really good, and then we got we got into it, and we really want to work hard on it. We worked really hard for the last year, and then you know we got through, and it was. A, like a letdown, it's like there's nothing else to do with the book and it was like, I really want to keep on cooking and we still very nervous together you know, I mean, we became really good friends uh, with really good foodies. foodies the two of us, we enjoyed uh, trying try new things, you know and I think she learned a lot about cooking by working with this book if a writer, I don't think she needs any help. If a cook, yes, she needs divine intervention. But <laughs> nevertheless, she can, she can cook at a ton of green and tortillas.
0: Where can we find your restaurants?
1: Uh, we, we have uh, four in, in Atlanta. In the city of Atlanta, we have four. We have one in Athens. We have two in Nashville. And if you go to taqueriatheswold.com, all the locations are listed there with the hours of operations for all the rest.
0: And where can we find you on social media?
1: Uh, you can find me on, on uh, Eric Hernandez uh, on Facebook or Chef uh 1. Taqueria del Sol on Instagram and on Twitter at Chef 135.
0: As your grandmother said, if you want to eat it, then learn how to make it for yourself because I'm not going to be here one day and who's going to cook it for you? And with that, I thank you for learning and writing this cookbook and coming on Cookery by the Book podcast.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Follow me on Instagram at Cookery by the Book. Twitter is I am Suzy Chase. And download your kitchen mixtapes, Music to Cook By, on Spotify at Cookery by the Book. And as always, subscribe in Apple Podcasts.